Hello and welcome. I am Caleb Ferris. I'm Candy Parker. And I'm Greg Osborne. And this is Action Surge, a podcast where hungover heroes and depressed demons alike can listen to us sages give shitty opinions on all things D&D. Each week we will discuss different aspects of D&D from character creation and world development to the ridiculous antics we have gotten away with in our own campaigns. Okay, welcome back to Action Surge. Today we are going to talk all about magic items and just general world magic, but Yay! first we're going to actually play a little game. So, Ooh, a game? This oh, is... Candace, please tell us more. Good, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to, but uh, anyways. Um, okay, so we're all going to basically spend like maybe a few seconds or whatever coming up with a magic item. And I think maybe we'll do like three rounds or maybe two, depending on how long it takes. Um, so we're going to do like a round robin, say what our magic, our like random magic item is, then vote on the best one and then uh, do a couple rounds of that and see who can come up with the best magic items. Yeah. And then if there happens to be, you know, some kind of tie or something like that, well, someone will have to be, the, you know, so I don't have to... Uh, Pay the tiebreaker, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so um, I think Greg already has ideas. <laughs> yeah. so, go ahead, Greg. Greg, so, go ahead first. So what I'm going to do is... Round I, I, one. Round one. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, magic items that I've already created for a game that I've run one-shots for, for Caleb and Candace. And... Uh, <clears throat> so they're going to be kind of familiar with these, but uh, in in that campaign, the last one that we ran, uh, it was an underwater campaign, and so I I was like, well, I I, I know how I'm going to get the the player characters underwater and breathing underwater that I've that I've got, but you know, I, I would like to maybe benefit them a little bit while they're down there. One of the characters was a sea elf, so I know he has a swim speed, <clears throat> but off time moving underwater can be a problem. So I created the magic items, the slippers of the great tuna, which <laughs> look like, which look like a couple of tuna. Go that no you... further. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I already love it. I'll your entire stock. <laughs> they, they, they look like tuna, but you slip your feet into their mouths and uh, and they help you swim. They give you <laughs> they give you a forty foot move speed underwater. But if you wear them on land, they reduce your move speed by ten. So as you're flap 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 flap, flap <laughs> they're alive, just wriggling all around. He's wriggling fish on your feet. It's ridiculous and silly, but you know it served a purpose and it was fun. <laughs> all right, Next. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, nope, you go. <laughs> you go okay. Uh, I have one that's called uh, Raven's Wing, and it's a sword that has a 60-foot range. Essentially, the sword that, uh, once activated with a bonus action, turns into a like a metal bird, a metal raven, really, and you can choose to send it out to 60, up to 60 feet, and it can stay within attacking distance, uh, and, you, and you make... The attack, it's almost like a spiritual weapon, but for the, the layman, oh, essentially. Cool. And it's an attuned item. Of course, that's pretty OP to just give someone a... But it essentially works like, like that. It's just, you know, if you want to give your brawler more options. So... Uh, you, they have to use their action to attack with it. Okay. As a thing. And you can attack up to twice with it and all that. If you up level five, yada, 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 all that. Cool. Yeah, and it is a plus one item. Okay. As well. Candace. Candace. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, this magic item. Well, I I like magic items that have like like you do, Greg. Like have a negative thing to it as well. So like, um, this is just off the top of my head. Let me think. Um, maybe like a magical. Uh, cloak that has a lot of like interdimensional pockets but like um, they're all different dimensions so you have to be careful of where you're putting your stuff because uh, they might it might disappear but you could also like store you know the, the same amount of like you can in like a bag of holding in your like little cloak but then there's like little dimensional pockets so, so it reminds so, me of, of Halloween Town. <laughs> There's the room of lost things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I actually really like that, and you know, 
And to add another layer of, of trickery <laughs> to that, uh, you could have it that sometimes, randomly, uh, some creature in another dimension puts their thing in your pocket. Yeah, or, or like come, comes out of your pocket or something. But also there could be, there could be like really cool things in there. So some imp comes out of your inside sleeves like, hey, baby. Yeah, and I like oh, the, This is not my workspace. I like the idea of it being like, it being a like, you know, like a family cloak or something. And like you can find like family secrets in there or like things that people lost, like forgot about. So there could be like gold or stuff. And it would be like a really fun thing for your DM and like the player to that'd like, be cool for like the inheritor background. Oh, like, that's yeah. nice. Like you yeah. just pull out, you're like, oh, this is and, a a human skull. Uh. <laughs> Horatio, <laughs> and the skull says, yeah, one of it. <laughs> so hey, doll, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> My grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like it. Um, oh, jeez, I don't know. I like yours better than mine. Maybe <laughs> y'all slapped. Mine was mine, mine was just. Believable. <laughs> um, well, we could all. Mine was a bow. <laughs> See, uh, I liked yours. I, I yeah. love the flavoring, and you know, especially given how popular Raven Queen has been lately. Oh, sure. Think... With, with Critical Role bringing this otherwise relatively unknown deity to light. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And with Vaxeldon becoming spoiler alert. Well, uh, with becoming the champion of the Raven Queen and all that, everyone's uh, you know obsessed with it. And right, right. even I had a character that that was that was his connection was it was to Raven Queen. All the black feathery goth motifs is something we all crave. Okay, uh, yeah. so do we want to go three, two, one, and then say the persons that we like the most, or do we want to just agree that I'm the winner? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should vote, Greg. What's your What's your vote? Uh, I'm gonna uh, man. See, you're allowed I, to vote I, for yourself. I I, I, I I hate this already. Um, I'm gonna go with Candace's. Yeah, cloak of many pockets. Okay, okay. Cloak of yeah. many pockets. I like that. Uh, well, it, it reminds me of a cloak that already exists, like the cloak of useful things or whatever, where we pull off a pocket and it, it produces an item. Yeah, yeah, of, of like that. But I, I like the extra dimensions, <laughs> the like total randomness. Yeah, and there are dimensions that connect to multiple different dimensions, not just the pocket dimension where you keep your stuff like a bag of holding. It's just I would, like, I would say that I like Can I like everybody's, <clears throat> but I like Candace's because it seems to have the most player to dm interaction sure yeah you know? yeah that's Where true mine mine's just a dangerous bird <laughs> and, and i guess yours is just a it's just it's this it's, it's literally just two tuna <laughs> why don't you just vote <laughs> fine candace wins yeah. <laughs> i would have voted for myself as well. <laughs> but no i mean all of those items are useful in their own context you know and like, if you want to be, you know, a really nice DM, you could make all of those items be really good, and you don't have to have the the, the bad parts with it, but you can also, you know, have them have bad parts, too, which is also fun, so. Okay, so second round. Second Win round. Winner goes first. Round two. Okay. Um, <laughs> On the spot. Um, okay. Um, so this magic item is um did i just forget it uh <laughs> <laughs> have uh dimensional pockets <laughs> okay okay so this magic item is a magic item that this is a spell that i wanted to create but i think that you could also make it into a magic item but it's basically a magic item that allows you to change the um magical like uh like the magic class so like disguise it Basically, so like if you wanted to, oh, okay. if you wanted to cast something that like a necromantic spell, you could use this item to change the way, like change the like the flavor, the school the, of magic, the school of magic. Yeah, so you could be like transmutation or something. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't change like you know fire to cold or cold to necromancy. No. but instead, what it does is it change it. it magically hides the yeah. type, the school of magic that you're casting. Yeah, or you could use it on an object to make that item look magical, even though it's not. So, like, the context mm. that, like, I wanted to use it in was, like, making a dagger, an identical dagger to a magical dagger, 
but this dagger isn't actually magical. It just has the appearance of being magical. So like whatever magical property that's that... a thousand percent jerk move. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it just, <laughs> just absolutely, just absolutely fuck with your players who happen to <laughs> who happen to stock identify that day and identify it, and it seems to be something completely different than it actually is. Yeah, it's just like like you wouldn't be able. It would be disguised a little bit. So if you use identify, it would be like this is a like a conjuration magic or something. I don't really know about the schools of magic that much, but I like the idea of like it's like a trickery magic. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. okay. Um, so it's like a ring, maybe a ring that maybe a ring or maybe like a I don't know, like uh, some some kind of like. See that? See, whatever. I find that really interesting. I think I've talked before about how I flavor detect magic. Uh, yeah, right. It's yeah. Uh, how you, it's like things that you taste and smell. And right. You know, it's like describing coffee. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so you know the the idea that and and that you know each magician has their own specific flavor that yeah. they add to this so you know you may be yeah. casting a necromancy spell but you know yeah it, it... and i've heard a lot of like on tiktok recently like a lot of people talking about um like magic leaving essences of like or like spells leaving like their essence especially like the higher the spell the more essence basically is left yeah in this and so it would be a way to basically like disguise that you know maybe maybe you have like a certain number of like uses a day or maybe it costs a spell slot to use or something like that right. but i'm just sitting here thinking of all the possible so like dark sun setting which you know knock on wood 5e will be putting out a, a dark sun setting sometime soon but in dark sun setting the entire world is a desert but right. that's become because at some point magic got so prevalent that the weave got seriously taxed. Mm -hmm. And so wizards and other magicians found different ways to fuel their magic. And one of them was defiling. They would just pull the life essence of all of the living plants and creatures around them yeah. to cast their magics until eventually desert desert. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, is sounds is, familiar, <laughs> but, but, but in that world, you know, uh, being a defiler is, is, frowned upon but people are terrified of you yeah but being yeah. a preserver somebody who casts magic using uh you know uh not using this defiling kind of magic not pulling from the life around you uh is slightly looked down on less so if you had a means of reflavoring your spells mm -hmm. so you're here you are sucking all the life around you but you're yeah. like no i'm a good guy yeah <laughs> yeah well, that, that was that was yeah. quite a journey to uh, <laughs> to get to that point but i i understand now yeah well, I just, I'm, yeah i'm also thinking like, like i'm a good guy but you're secretly killing everybody yeah. all because of candace's magic item. well i'm thinking like like harry potter you know how they they can like see what the last spell that you cast and like you could you could like you know it, it would have to fit the world obviously if like that wasn't a big thing if like magic class school of class schools of blah 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 blah, blah. schools of magic weren't really like that prevalent then it wouldn't really be that cool but anyways caleb your magic item cool it's called a cloak of repulsion three times a day when you are attacked in melee range by somebody that attacker before they make the attack, has to make a DC 13 strength saving throw, or the cloak flaps out and, and <laughs> protection and creates a wind gust that pushes you 20 feet away. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. like the cloak of billowing if it was useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it'll just look cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's simple, not attuned. Um, fairly cheapish item and great for like you know bankers or nobles that are just like you know they need to be protected to get away hmm. right some guy comes up to go you know hey give me a bank card you know and then tries to stab and then all of a sudden get pushed away and he's gone right he's he's so does he's it push sprint. does it push the wearer away or no, does it push the push, attacker away? yeah it's okay. repulsion it okay. burns it pulls the other it pushes love the other person it. away love it yeah though I do love the also the aspect of having like a a uh uh, a face step cloak of like um 
like candy your character has whenever you get hit and you still do get hit but then you're able to just fuck off 60 uh, feet away yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> warlock ability at a yeah. certain level that like it's basically if you get hit you get to you can use a reaction to teleport up to 60 feet and turn invisible <laughs> and turn invisible at the same time until until your until your next turn or until the Next, yeah, until your turn, I yeah. think. But two, two spells all in one doesn't feel overpowered at all. Oh. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't last. It lasts until the beginning of your turn. Right. So basically, like it allows you to like get advantage on your next attack yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that was that was kind of the inspiration for it. But in a in a more defensive, just like oh, the you know, uh, a non adventurer could wear this quite yeah. easily. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg, you're up. Okay. Well, like I said, I like when I make magic items, I. I typically have a player character in mind. Um, that doesn't always mean that the, the PCs decide that that's who the uh, the magic item goes to. In fact, I made the you know slippers of the great tuna, and the sea elf took them. And I'm like, you already have swim speed. Right. So he's yeah. like, but I wanted ten more feet. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're I, like, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. What about the rest of the party? <laughs> right. And, but you know, it's player choice. So anyway, sure. uh, this next one I, I created. We had a fire genasi in the party, fire, fire genasi rogue, and uh, this was a, a group of private detectives in Eberron, ish, and uh, so. I made him these magical cigars. So it's a box of cigars with uh, bands on them, with runes around them. And if you translate them, it, it tells you what spell effect the mm. cigar is going to do. So they're slightly oh. modified. So you know, one of them, you, you light the cigar and you smoke the cigar. And any time while that cigar is burning, if you say the, uh, the verbal component, it like will do... Uh, burning hands, but much not the fifteen foot range, only five foot, mm-hmm. and or uh, cast invisibility on you, or casts smoke or darkness in an area. Mm-hmm. So you know there are all these different effects in this particular box of cigars. One of them blasts lightning bolt out your mouth. Which Very is, cool. I yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, just um, it was them. Hey, these are bombs, but you can also smoke them. <laughs> right. But you know, I just I just love the visual idea of this guy with flaming hair walking around cigar. smoking yeah. a cigar. Yeah, and I, I, I very much also just for some reason, even though it's cheesy as hell, love like characters that are flavored with like their powers are flavored with another item that they just have to be wearing. Like, um, like one of my favorite is if anyone here watches One Piece is is Captain Smoker, where he's always smoking two cigars, and he and he but he he ate the smoke smoke fruit, and so he turns into smoke, and activating it is essentially his his cigar just like puffs outwards and he turns into smoke, and <laughs> very cool. And so I, I don't know I just like I love that kind of thematic stuff of yeah. just like, like also the fire genasi <laughs> with with the with the flaming cigar. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that because it's it's definitely something that isn't it can't be overpowered because you it, like you you use it up right and that like you know you can't use it a lot so you have to be sparing about it and it's not like. You know, it's not giving too much, but it's also like a cool effect, you know, and it's simple, but like it's probably it's probably like it's equivalent to like a potion, you know. Right. I mean, it, sure. that's, that's exactly the idea of like a, yeah. a potion or a scroll, just a one use effect item that. Yeah. But you also get a, a slight buzz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a headache. Whatever. Or a headache. It depends. Okay. Should okay. we vote? Or... We should probably vote. Yeah. Candy, you go first. Um, I'm voting for Greg's. I like his a lot. <laughs> What about you? I'm voting for my own. <laughs> I really liked my own. Oh, yeah. I have over candies. The only other person in the room is the cat, so uh <laughs> So so we have a tie round. That's yeah. I'm okay with Tie round. Okay. okay. Fine. Um so are we gonna do one more round? Can oh, we yeah. come up with one more? Uh, well, you see, I feel like it's almost not a tie round because I voted for myself and no one else voted for my item. Okay, <laughs> then you have to vote for not yourself. Fuck. Okay. Um, geez, both of yours are really applicable. Uh, I just like flavor. I like I like flavoring things, so probably Greg. All right. Yeah. Because right. cool. yeah, I I just like 
I don't know. Flavor, man. Uh, aesthetics. Yeah. Aesthetics can go very far, even yeah. if they're just decoration. It's also like some of them are specific to like like mine is specific to a, I feel like a certain type of like party or world, and I feel sure. like both of yours is pretty applicable to like any campaign or any setting. Mm-hmm. Um. Round three. Okay, the final round. Um, Do I go first this we're gonna, time? Uh, yeah. let's, yeah. Wait, let's take a break for a second <laughs> and think of them. I'll, I can go first. All right, uh, Caleb. Okay, so this magic item is called the Savior's Pond. And what it is essentially is a, uh, the component is a, um, a jeweled snow globe, essentially. But um, all it has is what seems to be uh, several ceramic fish floating in it. And what you do is essentially, if you shatter it on the ground, it creates a 20 by 20 pond that has 2d4 plus 4 fish in it. And if you catch and eat those fish, uh, you do uh, you no longer require food or water for seven days. You get, um, <laughs> you get advantage on constitution saving throws and are immune to poison How hard for, 20, for 24 hours. How hard are the fish to catch? <laughs> That's up to you. It's a 20 by 20 pond. I mean, this is uh, it, with a certain amount of survival checks, they wouldn't be hard to catch. That's nice. interesting. Yeah. I like that. Oh, what was the last? And thing? It would be, you know, it'd be a, a a rare magic item. What? What was the last thing that it did? Oh, you get for advantage time? on Constitution saving throws for twenty four hours. Interesting. Oh, and you're immune to poison. Um, what are the like cost components? Like, is it really? hard to acquire usually like um i would say component wise probably somewhere uh along lines of probably a thousand gold pieces and it's one use you have one one time use yeah but you know if you're if you're going into a cave system or you're going into a desert right that could be really freaking useful oh, not yeah. needing to eat or drink and then therefore yeah. down the line not having to pee or, or go to the bathroom yeah. at all and <laughs> and uh, or if you're about to go up against you know uh, a a dragon that you know happens to be chromatic and breathes ta- you know acid yeah. on you. You could go ahead and be immune to that for twenty four hours. But yeah, I like that a lot uh, actually. I I'm just like I don't know. It's it's my own spin on Heroes Feast. I guess you could say just because I think Heroes Feast is very limited for the amount of cost right. it has. Which I mean, in certain circumstances, yeah. I mean, you you got to pay a lot of money to get certain amount of resistance and all that. But I was like, what if it, an item that makes it to where you like mechanically don't have to follow the thing most DMs don't follow, which is what are you eating and drinking, <laughs> which is super important and really can add such flavor to a game, but no one really talks about them. Even I forget about it all the time, even though, even though I always point out restaurants and cafes in my games, because I'm like, hey, you know, RP out, you guys getting a scone or some shit, because that's, I don't know, to me, that's important. I, I, I don't know, I'm a foodie though. Scones are a big part of your game right now. <laughs> and mimosas. And mimosas. and mimosas. That's right. Pretty pretty popular. And just the very concept of brunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so just the thing where you don't need to eat for like a week or drink, yeah. and yeah, even more huge. importantly, drinking, and then at the same time have temporary buffs. Greg? Okay. My, my magic item is a bladed weapon, a dagger, a sword, a glaive, something with a blade on it that does slashing damage. It's a plus two weapon, and it's called the World's Cutter. World's plural. World's Cutter. Um, and you can use the weapon as a plus two weapon, and yay, but also it has the ability that you have three rounds of concentration as though you were casting a spell. Um, you speak the incantation, and the blade glows, and then now you can cut a hole between two planes. Uh, so as part of the incantation, you name another plane of existence. Then you roll to hit versus an AC 15. If you hit, your hole connects to the plane you expected. Uh, if you miss, you connect to another plane, the DM's choice. Uh, connecting uh, does not allow overspilling, so fire doesn't shoot into your plane from the elemental plane of fire, for example, or water gush in from right. the, <laughs> the elemental plane of water. But people and objects can't pass through. And the hole remains open 2d6 rounds. And on a critical hit, the hole remains open until closed by the blade wielder as an action. So wow. Potentially, I like potentially, you could just accidentally leave. <laughs> yeah. oh, if I can hold to the 30, 333rd hole of abyss. Yeah. 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 That, 
That might not be good. Orc is just pierced through it like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? I'm not in the shower. <laughs> Orcus definitely has a hairnet. <laughs> and one of those back back scrubbers. <laughs> well, you know, you got to get those wings clean, right? That's right. Um, yeah, so this is a very rare magic item and requires a tuna. Cool. So. There we go. Um, I guess the, my first question is, what's what's the purpose, really, of cutting holes through dimension? Like, how big are the holes? And you said on a fail, they can't move through them? Or... No, on a fail, it just goes someplace where you're not expecting. So right. it requires the three-round incantation. So you have to you have to be purposeful, purposeful in your desire to cut holes between worlds. You can't just, you know, while you're swinging the sword, accidentally cut a hole through sure. different worlds. But... Uh, you know, you either make it or you don't. And if you don't, it could end up taking you other places. This is usually for like higher tier games where, sure. you, know, where you have a lot extra of planar travel is regular and important. Right. So I, and expensive. I had a game where uh, the player characters were members of an illithid army. The, the illithid had taken over their plane of existence, their, their version of the prime material plane. And, just enslaved everybody. Ah, classic. Either either through you know psionic manipulation, but you know also just the weight of society. Eventually, everybody is you know part and parcel of it, and they have secret police, and so you can't really sure. act out. And so these PCs, but the but the illithid are fighting these wars on different fronts, you know, against undead and against. Uh, demon worshippers and you know just and a, a group of good people you know this paladin order led group of of people and of course of course get yankee are also yeah cruising through the and so there was a lot of planar travel i guess is the long story short and so you know i wanted to give those pcs a way to get from point a to point b quick thoughts yeah yeah without burning spells and Having to find a, a silver forked rod, right? Yes, yeah. all the all the silly stuff. So. Yeah, <clears throat> cool. I like Candace. it. Candice, you're up. Okay. Um. Okay. So I'm thinking of something that's like, um, usable components. Probably like a like a bag of like, uh, like sand or rocks or something that like will be used on consumption, and you only have to use like a scoop of it, maybe or however much. But depending on how much you use basically allows you to um it would be like worth a certain amount of spell components and then it would allow you to um add that number of like scoops basically or like like portions of the component to like a spell save or something like if you missed then you could use it and add like 2d6 to your spell roll so you could like hit with your spell or something. I'm thinking that it would be like a sorcerer's like meta magic kind of, but like. But not. it's just sand. I guess it's, I'm a little confused. Like it's like components, like like probably like diamond dust or something. Maybe. Oh, things that you can just spend a certain amount as like maybe a reaction or something. Yeah, and like, add that to a spell attack or a save. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I like that actually a lot. I'm just like, just like sand, pocket yeah. sand. <laughs> yeah, kind of like sand. Kind of like but you save uh, on constitution. <laughs> like the like the sorcerer thing where the, like the divine sorcerer one where oh divine soul the hands that like the healing hands one there that you can add like two d four to like. A save or something and you know what i'm talking about the sorcerer the divine sorcerer yeah yeah and yeah, then yeah and yeah oh yeah you, you're talking about um the chosen one or something like that uh wherever they get to add 2d4 to their save yeah. yeah i can't remember what it's called but it's like yeah. healing hand like hand of the divine or something like yeah uh, but something like that. But everybody gets it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like components, you know. So it, it probably costs a lot of money, you know. Sure. Yeah. For... 
so it's like a spell enhancement. It's not yeah. a it's not the component for the spell enhancing spell enhancing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, spell enhancing drugs. Yeah. But if your if your spell erection lasts longer than six hours, <laughs> just please contact an alchemist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're alchemist. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's like, you know, and you can flavor it to like, you know, the player has to like snort it or like <laughs> like like mix it mix it into their protein powder and like, yeah. like For, down it or yeah. Yeah. I could totally see I could totally see a blade singer or like a um an eldritch knight just like just like buff as hell was like i gotta cast this spell just chugs a protein shake it's like it's like i mix this myself actually because nothing nothing sucks more when you have a limited number of spell slots and then you miss like i'm just thinking of like a warlock like you know, like you get you get two chances to cast a spell for like the majority of your game. And As though a warlock is ever going to cast anything but Eldritch Blast. I mean, sometimes you want to catch a fifth level witch bolt. I mean, that's just yeah. sometimes okay, it, sure. something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's mine. Uh, shall we? Shall we vote? Yeah. I wish yeah, okay, I, so. I mean, Caleb's was obviously really good. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Caleb's. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you vote for? Um, for that. Say yourself. Say yourself. It's cool. I, I really liked mine. I would vote for myself. <laughs> okay. I thought mine was pretty cool because I was just like, I don't know. I had this idea, but I was like, I've never been able to give it to somebody because, like, every time I feel like I give something that's like really unique to a party they go cool and then just like every video game character we save it for an opportunity we're never going to use it (laughs) so so you know what this means right we've had three rounds and each of us has won oh shit so tiebreaker rounds (laughs) tiebreaker rounds okay oh god okay um i can't think of anything my brain is complete mush after thinking of three random items but i've got i have one already so are you just any magic item there? Uh, it's if you want. I mean, uh, no. Let's just... what, why don't you let me go and then you decide? Okay, sure, sure. Go, 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 go. Okay, so mine is is the non magic item, magic item. It's actually a mineral called erotol. That uh, it's a metal. It's not quite as strong as iron. Okay, but you can mix it in <clears throat> with iron or steel. Uh, to imbue whatever but here here are the properties of of uh, aerotol which is that it uh, hampers and dampens magic within 20 feet of it depending upon how much you have so if you've got a lot spread out over an area you effectively can have like an anti-magic field that's non-magical you can't you can't uh, dispel magic it. You can't because it's just a natural effect. Um, and the the concept when I came up with this was that uh, in this particular world that I was creating, wizards were super powerful. Sure. Um, and, and these so, yeah. and these monks who use key were trying to find a way to <laughs> combat these wizards. So they found oh, this mineral and then they grind it up into a powder. And so it's, they add it to their smoke bombs. <clears throat> ninja dust mm. and then come in and just womp these wizards who are trying to cast their spells either not at all or greatly degraded but they're wimpy wimpy wimpy, 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 right. wimpy. <laughs> that's really <laughs> that's really cool i like that a lot that actually reminds me a lot of the magic on that i that I, i'm excited to it's actually really similar and so it's magical lacrima and of course because all things are derivative i definitely got mine from this or that and combining things together as creation is and essentially what it is is it came from me essentially it's a lacrima that is made of pure quartz what's a lacrima i'm sorry lacrima is essentially just a crystalline structure okay as far as i'm aware of okay and so for but for me it's lacrima made of pure quartz right and the quartz in my in like my worlds would hold certain levels of magic within okay. it. They're not always the most stable if you don't get them made by the right people. Um, but they allow for one time, one time use of certain spells depending on how big the lacrima are, right? So you could have lacrima the size of cars that cast ninth level spells, right? Or you could have pocket ones that you know, as an action, you break it and it casts shield, right? Nice. So it's like a one-time use spell storing 
Yeah, essentially, oh, and, it, and it came from my my just like frustration with rings of spell storing because they're expensive and inaccessible. So I'm like, how would your average thug just buy a spell and store it that isn't just like in a spell scroll? It's a cheap piece of rock <laughs> that he happens to hold, cast a spell, it shatters in his hand, and the spell goes forward, right, or activates. That's and awesome. okay. um, how that reminded me of like, of like your spell. And essentially, in my game too, they create lacrima that essentially have the magical effect of dampening magic. And so that there's these large crystalline structures that whenever you cast a spell, the sp uh, and it's a, and like the crystal is made ready, um, your magic it gets absorbed by the lacrima, and is stored in that lacrima. Oh, I like that. And yeah. essentially, it essentially makes things it makes whole areas that are magic resistant because the lacrima is made ready to absorb your magic. That's super cool. Yeah, All right. that's pretty cool. Gonna steal that idea. Uh, okay, um, mine. Oh. Right, do you have more? No, I was gonna say everybody, please steal these. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like if you're too worried about being original, don't. I, I guarantee you, all of ours came from us think, seeing a TV show or a, or a squirrel crossing the street and us going, "Oh my god, that's genius!" Yeah, squirrels have tails. You know, also has tails. My cloak, which also helps. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the cloak of squirrel kind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my magic item is. So I like things that basically just like make the stuff that you already have better or like make your abilities better. Um, so I'm thinking like, um, again, something either something that has a risk and exponential reward. So I'm listening. It's like maybe a ring or a wand or maybe like dust, like some kind of magical dust that like you basically have a spell that you're going to cast say like like lightning bolt or something that like does a lot of damage so you can use it that i think lightning bolt's like a third level spell but so you use it with the potential of basically either casting it at max level or um it failing mm -hmm. so like maybe maybe it would be like a cantrip or something i don't know whatever you want it to be i'm thinking but like you basically like would use your reaction or use your use your bonus action to use it and cast your spell at like ninth level or whatever the highest level that you could cast that spell at and so it would either do like a super amount of damage or uh it would like fail or maybe it just like wouldn't work and then it would be like either like a dc or like a luck check i don't know you don't know I don't know. It's so still just, in the works. It's still just the concept of an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's yeah, what no. all of these are. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I suppose in this last round. Yeah, sure. Okay, then. It's time for us to decide who won. Okay. I'm going to lean, on, uh, lean towards uh, Caleb's. I really like the... Uh, well, damn the it. I like Greg's. Candy, it's up to you. Um, I'm gonna go with Greg. So okay, well. look at that. Yeah. Greg, Greg is the champion. Yeah, Greg. I like yeah. Greg's. Um, you get to pet my cat. Oh yeah. Yeah, but if you guys, our audience, wants to vote on your own uh, favorite magic item that we've come up with, feel free to in the comments. Um, or post your own. Or post yeah. your own. We, we would love to see them. Yeah, uh, yeah. your art or yeah, stuff like send that. A, send us your favorite magic items that you guys, your, your homebrew ones. Um, I think we're gonna take a little break and then come back and then talk about magic in, in our worlds. Hey guys, it's Candy here. And Caleb. And we just want to jump in and say, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review if you like the show. And on Spotify, don't forget to give us a follow and a download. And follow us on our social medias. Like Twitter at Surge underscore Action. And TikTok and Instagram at Action Surge Pod. Um, leave us a comment or send us an email. Tell us what you guys want to hear next on the pod. And back to the podcast. 
Alright, welcome back. Um, so basically we're just going to talk about like magic usage in the worlds that we play in and the worlds that we've created. Yeah, as well as our own opinions on magic, what magic means to us and interesting ways to use it in your worlds yeah. and with your own characters and stuff like that. Yeah, and we would love to hear your feedback on like cool magic um, uses in your guys' world. So uh Send, send us your, your stuff, too, because we want to be inspired as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> we want to steal your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, Greg, what is your opinion on magic? What is magic to you? And and do you like high magic, low magic? So I have uh, – I'm a chronic planner. Um, you know, whether I'm running a game or not, I just – I like to – make potential D&D worlds and I like to make a bunch of I've got like over 500 characters in D&D <laughs> Beyond currently I just you know I just like to piddle around with this stuff it's Oh uh, yes 500 D&D characters is piddling <laughs> <laughs> It's like a casual it's a like casual one or two characters yeah. a day not a big deal, yeah, not a big deal every day for the last 6 years yeah, it's, a, it's a thing cool. it's a, whatever So anyway um so I have a lot of different worlds and you know magic it varies from world to world. Like, you know, I, I like the dark sun setting. I, um, the one that I was working on recently is this kind of, uh, I, I kind of hate the word gritty, but it's gritty. Um, I feel like that's everybody's favorite word for worlds that they think are a little bit more edgy than, than a cartoon. Yeah. It's, go, it's gritty. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like the, the, the gritty thing where it's, harder to cast magic. So I have a world where uh, spells no longer increase damage by casting at higher levels. Oh, is this your, this is, the, this is, this is your hardcore mode. Yeah. That hard, you yeah. Up with. That's yeah, yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Um, and uh, although you're, you're welcome to use higher level spell slots to gain more opportunities to cast lower level spells. Mm -hmm. However, each higher uh, level increases the DC by one or adds a plus one to hit for each level higher than the original. So for instance, if you're, you're casting uh, fireball, normally you'd have your DC at you know, eight plus your ability modifier plus uh, no, that, that's it. Eight plus ability modifier, no, uh, no. and proficiency. Or eight plus proficiency. It's it's eight plus ability modifier plus proficiency. Okay, for your for your DC. Yeah, but if you cast it at a one level higher, you just, just add one to the DC, oh. so it makes it so it makes it harder to dodge. It doesn't. That, that makes a lot more sense, though. It makes a lot of sense that you shouldn't be able to save very well from a from a, you know <laughs> a fifth level spell. Right, right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but it still does the same amount of damage. Now, in this particular campaign setting, it doesn't matter because everybody's max hit points cap out at third level. So it, it also makes it, you know, a lot more scary to fight a dragon because, you know, they can't crush you, mm -hmm. which seems kind of reasonable. But anyway, that's my, that, that, that's that campaign setting. But, you know, I also have a high magic setting where, uh, uh, in in that particular one, magic is super easy to get a hold of. Sure, and, yeah, you know, and, everybody uses it, and everybody uses it. So in, in that particular world, uh, there it's it's more of the things like we were talking about earlier, where you have kind of the essences of magic, and people they their own spells have a certain amount of vestigial. Uh, <laughs> Power effects, vestigial <laughs> power effects that you know that kind of linger after you cast a spell, and so even people who aren't necessarily attuned to magic might get a sense of who cast that spell. So, right, you know, right, right. We talked so, about this. Yeah, you know, but you know, with that, there's you know, I I I feel like it opens up an opportunity for a game to be more investigative, sure. and there's more kind of. Uh, mystery so yeah. you can like it's be, more exploratory than it is like combat right, based or right you, know, you you come across you know oh you, you you come across on the trail this you know group of uh of halflings and they've just been you know burnt to a crisp 
And you're like, what? And then you have to investigate how. What yeah. kind of was, what, was it? Holy it? fire? Was it arcane fire? Was right. it? Yeah. Oh, you wait, know, you know. I get this sense of you know. And uh, I, I also a magic I, fight here. Like what happened? Like, right. it was, like it's like it, a crime scene. It, it's and that reminds me of the uh, the. Have you ever seen the Boondock Saints? Oh yeah. Whenever uh, whenever Willem Dafoe is going about like going through the motions of the fight, and he goes, "There was a firefight." <laughs> 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 I, I just imagine that. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely in that detectives are going through and just like. There was a spell fight here. <laughs> but, right. but I also love it because it makes it to where like even people who are non-magical have to know magic. Have yeah. to have to know the ins and outs of it. You know, went to school for it. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas like in most worlds, magic is just completely inaccessible to people. You right. know? Yeah. Well, that's something that doesn't make sense to me is that like in a world where there are magic users, adventurers, why is magic inaccessible to so many other people? Especially when so many adventurers have these backstories that are like, I grew up destitute and in my parent in an orphanage and shit like that. It's like, how did you learn how to do magic? Yeah. In a world that doesn't have magic, how did you well it, learn? It, well, it typically always ends up being until a mentor discovered me and adopted me. Or, you know, or you know, an organization came in and said that I said talent and then adopted <laughs> And so it's always an outside force coming in to rescue you from your yeah. from your wealth. In which case, it all becomes the reason people don't have it is because of classicism. Yeah. So. Right. Uh, you know, and at its core... Sorry, D&D. not classicism, classism. Right. Different things completely. Yeah. Right. It, at its core, D&D is kind of fantasy wish fulfillment. I mean... Yeah. Sure, yeah. It, you know, when when people are asked what what do you want to do with superpower, you know, it's either fly or turn invisible. Yeah. Well, I guess would, what? Wizards do both. So I want to be. <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's like one thing that I have incorporated into my world is it's just like magic is accessible to everyone and you're not like and that like it's up to you whether or not you want to use it. I don't know because I don't really like this whole that whole like magic is only acceptable like only a certain like people can use it and and it's so inaccessible like i don't really like that like it's just like it doesn't make sense why is it accessible to some people yeah i mean again it all depends on the narratives of your world your society and i know a lot of people don't want to touch that and so they're like a lot of people don't know magic because not everyone is smart enough for it and they'll end right there and if that's how you want to play your world hell yeah go for it in my world that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah, I yeah i'm i'm just like i'm just like i don't know i don't want to play like i really 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 like magic and it's like sure. in a world yeah. that in a in, a, in a, a real world that we exist in that like you know the same types of magic just do not exist to most groups is like you know i want to incorporate like fun magic sure so and that's why i also like worlds like eberron where it's like you have mage rights that go about and they know magic because they do the same magic every day to like prepare you know propeller shafts or something like that and uh i i don't know i also really like just like as an example i guess the anime fairy tale how magic is just an everyday part of life even to the point of where it's mundane oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like yeah Uh, eberron is is great for that and and here's my here's my possibly unpopular take on magics i think that sorcerers should be con-based casters really i think i think warlocks it makes sense for them to be charisma-based casters because they have to be charming to their patron that makes sense to me but you know for a sorcerer who is born with magic born, think born with magic would be, yeah they, i mean so they're pulling they're not they're not pulling from their mind they're not pulling from some other person that they have to impress no it's their inner store of energy yeah. And so it's just two two magic glutes. Yeah. Yeah. And and that would create a difference and in, in between a sorcerer and a wizard, where the wizard tends to be the kind of more weekly Yeah, or you know, even the bard, where it's like, How'd you learn your magic? It's like I went to Bard College. Dot dot dot. There's there's no real good explanation as to why bard is no magic. <laughs> well I, I went to Bard College at third level but that's not when you learn how to cast the, yeah. Yeah. the magic that how did you how, you just picked up a guitar one day and you're like yeah from magic yeah. yeah and you're like oh no i'm hot that's what confused me about bards because it's like it's like you get your bard like college thing like at third level but what if you're playing before that like like are you RPing college like <laughs> <laughs> well again it's all just like you know circle yeah. or or don't 
domain. It's all just a name. And so we just joke about it being a college for those who are probably going to get angry yeah, in the I comments know. and go, oh, you know, they don't actually have to go to college. Uh-huh. In the, in the comments. Uh, just, just, no one has ever what, left what a comment like what, 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 what we're trying to say is... Caleb's preemptively mad about how, this. How do you realistically say these motherfuckers have magic? <laughs> right? And for sorcerers and bards, it's really hard because they don't really give a good explanation. Except... For things like, you know, Divine Soul or for the most recent Bard of Creation, where you are literally tapping into the weave of yeah. of the song Which, of yeah. creation, of the creation is that is that it can can be boiled down to a few notes. Yeah, that, that you playing, that you play. Playing, yeah. Kayla's playing a creation bard in my campaign and it and it's actually kind of hard like coming it's up weird. with like it's weird but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, is like, the thing. Coming is that up it's with underpowered, reasons, I feel like, compared to others. But it's so interesting to play. Yeah, we're kind of like homebrewing it a little bit because one thing that we talked about was that like whether or not your creation ability could be used to like fix, fix things. Because I can just create things that disappear after you know my 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 modifier worth of hours that are that are that are twenty times my bar level. Yeah, so he could like I can there... create spell components at, at a high level. Yeah, but they can't be magical. But like we were talking about, like, um, like if he had a, a gun that was broken, like how could yeah. he have that gun and use it? And I was like, well, maybe we can homebrew something where it's like you use your creation ability to understand it and fix it. Yeah, and, and so that, I can like, make two different roles, make parts, and then yeah. I, and then I have to use my once a day feature uh, to fix it and then if i want to fix something else i have to use my second level spell slot feature yeah but but like the the those the the creation ability only lasts for like several hours and so i was like it doesn't really make sense for you to like spend your whole like creation ability creating something like a gun that you might not use today and i was like well maybe we can like make it a check because i don't really like how it's temporary it's a little it's a little strange i I understand because then otherwise you just make cheese all day until you opened a cheese store (laughs) which is something i would do because i'm maniacal but Uh, but, like, but like 300 gold worth of cheese is still a lot of fucking cheese. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, because even even at third level, when you finally get it, that's three times 20. It's 60 gold worth of something. That's a lot of money to the average person. Here's, right? here's Caleb's character crushing and destroying the cheese economy in this world. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I start so, creating cheese. Who's this cheese guy? <laughs> who's this cheese meister? My cheese is magical. You must come and uh, you must come and partake in it. But trust me, I get where's your where'd you where do you get it from? Uh don't fucking worry about it. Why are you asking questions, dude? <laughs> and then comes the rise of the dairy farmers who yeah. have not yeah. been able to feed their family for the past yeah. few months. <laughs> storming the castle. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm plotting all of this. Don't and they worry. and they just brought, and then my my cheese dynasty falls to a, a fiery death. Yeah, delicious, delicious fiery fondue death. death. Yes, <laughs> and so we understand why you can't keep it, but it does seem like bar creation is super interesting. But I feel like they could have gone a little farther with it. I guess. Yeah. Like such as fixing items. Yeah. Sure. Do sure. you want to talk about magic in your worlds? Yeah, more? I like the medium approach of where it's not completely accessible because isolated villages will be isolated villages and whatnot, and certain things are just simply expensive. And also, you don't want to, you know. There's a, there's a certain part of me that doesn't want to stray too far from rules as is because, you, you know, games are all about structure, you know, in, in a certain way. Uh, even if you want to be laid back like I am, you know, there's still there's still things you have to keep to that you, you have to be able to say no to yourself or else you'll you'll lose you'll lose control of your world really quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, you have to say no to yourself all the time. But I'm very much of that's that's why I created like in when we were comparing magic items, the magic lacrima. To where even thugs who get you in a back alley, it's like, oh, they're thugs with short swords. One pulls out a lacrima, the game changes. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he go, you know, his eyes roll back, and he and he says, Bulgara. crushes the crushes the uh, the you know the lacrima. A portal opens, and a Bulgara comes in from the abyss. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think I feel like there is like some people don't like magic, and some like some players don't you know some players don't ever play like magic users and that is crazy to me because i can't imagine playing something that doesn't have magic but um i think that there's definitely like 
a, a balance that you have to think about, especially whenever you have multiple people in your party that either only use magic or don't use magic at all. And that like, you know, if you're going to use something that's going to completely disable like half of your party, it, that's going to like suck for them, you know? Sure, so, like, yeah. It's definitely a balancing act. Especially when they don't learn. Like The wizard just goes, ah, that's all I got, guys. <laughs> or like, yeah. yeah, or that's why I always thought, thought it was funny with the with the warlock. It's just like, it's like, one, two. It's like, good luck, guys. That's it. I only got two of those motherfuckers. And <laughs> scene. And scene, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, warlocks have a lot up their sleeves, actually. But like, uh, I don't know like in my world it's kind of like in the earth world everyone <laughs> like uh, most people have access to books or the internet or whatever sure, sure. and that like you know why can't magic be just like learning like books well, sure. you know or, and, or the internet it's and, like anybody can look anything up on the internet yeah. and, and, and i understand is. that there are parts of the world yeah. that that don't have that but that's not like their fault you sure. know and so if if magic is something that can be used to help people, I like, then I don't see why it, in in your world or in a world that it can't be accessible, accessible to everybody. Yeah. See, I find that so interesting because, you know, as the old dude sitting at the table, I'm sitting here thinking of my experience when I was your age and there there wasn't an internet to look stuff up on sure yeah i mean yeah. there there kind of was but yeah. not you yeah could... and the dewey decimal system was brand new and hot <laughs> yeah and, and you know you, you'd go and if you wanted to know something you'd go look in encyclopedias yeah and you know and good luck yeah and that would be like a fun like cool campaign kind of a start it's just like magic is now accessible for everybody right it's like the it's like the internet it's like it's like it came in and now everybody has it and how has the world and that's like that's how you're starting your campaign or or even something as as i say it's simple but it's it's you know it's not and i don't want to insult librarians but as 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 simple as a robust categorization system to where like we have now where we we have libraries that communicate with each other and all of a sudden by accessing one library all of a sudden we also know the stock of the nearby library Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden people will just get you know people in town could go to the forums and see what books are listed that day yeah yeah and they can just go and check them out Wow. <laughs> but I love that idea with the magical bit to it where you don't really have an internet, but what you do have are, you know, necromantic constructs where you're speaking to spirits. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> you don't have internet yet. You can talk to Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave died five years ago. <laughs> he knows a lot about carpentry. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need to know how to build that deck, you just, you just death tube him and... <laughs> You have five questions. Yeah. <laughs> he, will, he will show you how to build the deck, and you know you're you're done. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, to uh, to sum up like my feelings about magic is that like I love magic, and I always want to use it in any like campaign that I am playing in, and then I also love incorporating it into my own world, and also like I like just homebrewing the shit out of stuff that I think is like dumb magic like boundaries I guess that have been put in place like I want to incorporate I want to allow more people to have access to magic that like you should be able to have access to it's like if you can read it in a book then you can learn it right then and I think that like I don't know that's my that's my conclusions about magic do you have any final thoughts about I guess one thing I have to say is that magic, to me, magic is all things. You know, in a way, magic is the essence of the fantastical, right? Mm -hmm. It is dumbed down. Magic is imagination. Mm -hmm. How do we get around the things in life that are obstacles? Imagination. Mm -hmm. What is imagination in a game setting? Magic. Yeah. And... The sky's the limit, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. And and as game masters out there, DMs out there, you know, when you have your players come up with something that is super inventive, a, a, a use of uh, a spell that you hadn't particularly thought of before, like uh, turning yourself into a gaseous cloud and then 
climbing down the throat of the monster and then right. so solid in their chest. If that's if that's something your player character comes up with, one of your one of your players comes up with, lean into that. Reward those that kind of out of the box thinking, you know, just because the spell doesn't say that in the spell block. Yeah. Um, you know, that's fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah re- reward creativity, just like yeah. how, you know, and you know, players you know, get Get freaky, <laughs> yeah. Get get freaky, and also recognize the cool things your DMs are doing too. Oh, absolutely, like because yeah. like, some of this shit, whenever you really think about it, is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. well, do we want to wrap it up? Oh yeah, yeah, we'll wrap it up, guys. All right, Caleb, what's our? Oh, uh, there is something that I think that would be fun to start incorporating is um, if there are any like small business D&D creators like people that do like D&D artwork or anything like if you guys want to send us your business info and we can like I don't know plug sure. plug it uh, we'd love to like support some small businesses so if small you guys, creators yeah. stuff like that because so, we ourselves happen to be small creators so uh, yeah. yeah so we would, we would love to like see some of your stuff send us your like TikTok, TikToks or your websites and we'd love to shout out stuff on the on the cast yeah because um, it, it is a community yeah so absolutely um so what's our twitter our twitter is surge underscore action and then our instagram and tiktok is action surge pod um greg do you have anything that you want to plug um you know i am working on putting together uh a series for tiktok uh-huh. called uh alphabetical monsters yep, Encounters. Yep, yep. <laughs> so once i get that up and running i'll uh we'll I'll, definitely I'll, plug we'll definitely plug that it'll yeah. look like that so yeah it's just just it's gonna be so funny it's yeah great. all right well we will see you guys next time yes thanks bye, bye.